Welcome in. This is your Jock Market Power Hour for this week. Sanderson Farms Championship. I'm Rick Gaming. That right there, Joe Idoni. And Joe, one week off for the Ryder Cup and back to a full field cut event on the PGA Tour. How are you, buddy? I'm doing good. What's good? Run good. Um, <laughs> yeah, back. We have an IPO this week, so it's huge. The Ryder Cup was obviously a, a shot of adrenaline that I think we all loved. But it is nice to be back in a live open market before this thing closes here at nine. So excited to, to cover the next hour or so with you. Yeah, absolutely. We are going to give away $100 tonight. Make sure your Jock Market username is in the chat right now. If you have not used the code POWER for your $50 deposit bonus, you're crazy. You should go on and do that. We're going to talk all things market movers. We're going to talk all things Sanderson Farms. But Joe, do you want to talk about the event that uh, is on the top of everyone's mind? The right? Oh, no, no. The long Is it the long drive or the Ryder Cup? What's on top of everyone's <laughs> mind at the moment? <laughs> well, I think that some people are interested in the long drive thing yourself included but but it's it's been Ryder cup frenzy yeah. in the golf world right for the last week or so the decompression of it right like you like it, it's it's two years of build-up then it lasts for three days and then you have to like decompress and figure out what you just saw for a couple of weeks and what we saw was a, an american team that was absolutely dominant dustin johnson looked like vintage dj i mean it was just an all-out slaughter from the americans it, I, it was it was historic literally historic yeah historic win um i think it gives a ton of confidence to to united states golf fans moving forward that the core of this team is going to be in place and hopefully together and unified for quite a while um, so many great storylines from the sort of the resurgence and in dominance of DJ, um, all the different, you know, team aspects of this thing. Bryson, I think, just became an absolute mega star if he wasn't already and endeared himself to so many golf fans that were maybe on the fence, myself fully included in that. I thought that he was incredible. I'm I'm like, feel myself jumping over to team Bryson now. It was great to see them sort of hug it out um Xander Cantley like it was JT like the guys it was just great right it's something that we're not used to seeing it's something that is is unconventional in such a good way fun energetic and like I said an adrenaline shot that I think all golf fans needed and wanted It'll be interesting to see kind of the longer term ramifications and what I mean by that is I feel like the President's Cup was a little bit of a coming out party for guys like Sung Im and Abraham Answer. And we saw Sung Jay, let's see, Sung Jay would have won within three months of the President's Cup. And Abraham Answer was close so many times, finally got the job done recently. I wonder if this is going to be a springboard for guys like Scotty Scheffler, right? I wonder if there's going to be this taking it to the next level aspect from some of the guys on the United States team. Very a great week for Scheffler, a great week for for Morikawa. I think uh, fantastic for them. I think we have uh, more budding American players that could see themselves filling into those roles. One of them in Sam Burns this week. I think Matt Wolf has aspirations of making Ryder Cup teams in the future. The young talent is there, and it's competing at an extremely high level, which I think right now, frankly, is the concern for Team Europe. And you mentioned the President's Cup team. Uh, their infusion of Abe Answer and Sung J.M. And, and Cam Smith and Joaquin Neiman. Like, I think the Team Europe is clamoring for this group of young, talented Europeans to come up in a way that the President's Cup is seeing that 
influx of, of new, young, uh, motivated talent. And I think it'll be interesting to see how this thing plays out over the next uh, you know, two years and even beyond that. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, two years out from Rome, obviously there will be a President's Cup in the meantime as well. But this very week is the Sanderson Farms Championship. And if you've stumbled in from the depths of the internet, we are in the IPO phase for this jock market cash market, meaning you can bid on shares of golfers with your real USD, your American dollars. You can bid on shares of golfers if you are the high bidder. Uh, When this thing ends uh, a few minutes before 9 p.m. Eastern time, uh, those shares are going to be allocated to you. And then based on uh, the final positioning for each one of these golfers, there are guaranteed payouts along the way. Joe, when you look at this field for the Sanderson Farms, and before we jump into our market movers, I I think the the field's kind of interesting. You know, you get kind of the top part of it, which is some more established PGA Tour pros. Even some of the guys who are favorites this week are normally uh, a little bit further down the betting board. And then of course, the continued influx of the Corn Ferry and younger guys coming up. It's almost like a tale of two fields for me. Yes. I think that what this week, you know, most of these sort of of, of weaker field events usually have like, like we saw the Fortinet. John Rob, right? One clear in a way superstar that's there that sort of deflates the price of a lot of other guys uh, in that sort of second tier. We don't really have that this week. We have the crop of Burns and Zalatoris and Garcia and M and Connor sort of that are up there at the top. But I like to me looping them into sort of this role of, of favorites at an event at not an overly difficult or overly long golf golf course, generous fairways, a lot of pitching wedges, turns in often to a putting fest. I think it brings a ton of guys into play this week that that may not be there at uh, normal PGA Tour stops. You mentioned the motivation factor for a lot of the Corn Ferry players. And it's kind of this weird spot in the schedule where, you know, all of these guys work extremely hard and they're constantly working on their crafts. But is there a little bit of a break sometime for these guys? Like have they spent the last two weeks with their coach or did they take a little trip on vacation? So it's hard to, to factor in all these type of things through the fall and golf all the way up to Thanksgiving here. Uh, but we're going to do the best we can. Yeah, that is, uh, that is the thing we will try to decipher over the course of this evening. Before I reveal the big board, let's move into our market mover segment. This is where Joe and I take a crack and pick out one golfer in each of three tiers. We call them our blue chips. We call them our mid caps. We call them our penny stocks. We were kind of talking about the guys at the top, Joe. Let's just start with the blue chip options. There's a couple of really enticing guys at the top of this board. Yeah, I'll start off with mine at the top. I I think that Sam Burns is the best player up there, and I know that he's the highest price and maybe the shortest odds, but it will be interesting to see where this IPO number finishes out for Sam Burns tonight. Looks like Zalatoris has taken the early sort of projected rank and the early lead here out of the gates. But listen, the best putter on Bermuda Grass Greens, the best player on par fives, he's plenty long to sort of take advantage of, of what we've seen other guys have success here with. And that's just pound driver and the rough is relatively negligible. We saw Garcia do it. We saw Champ do it. I think he can kind of fit this mold. I think this is a good sort of timing for him coming off of of not not really a snub from the Ryder Cup. But I think over that last month, there was a real feeling in himself and those in his camp that, hey, let's make a run at this thing, right? He saw it. I think he's motivated. I think that he sets up the best for this course. I'm going to make it my blue chip. 
Go ahead and drop your jock market username in the chat right now. That'll give you an opportunity to win $20 to jock market. And uh, he was actually my blue chip too, Joe, because Sam Burns, uh, I am super bullish on. He has returned you a profit in three of his last four cash markets in the 24 career, or excuse me, 21 career cash markets that Sam Burns has been a part of. On average, he's returning you a 42% ROI. Sam Burns, was my blue chip. I'll pivot. I'll go with Sung J M here. Uh, I just feel like we are getting a version of Sung J M that looks a lot like the early 2020 version of Sung J M, which is ball striking, putting well on Bermuda. This is his best surface. Remember, that's the time frame that he won at Honda before the tour shut down for 91 days. So I'm rolling with Sung J M as my blue chip stock. Let's turn our attention to those mid caps, Joe. Where are you going in the middle of this board? One guy that I think is it presents some value, at least on the odds board, and I'll see where this kind of breaks down. But um, I'm going to talk about Gary Woodland for a second as kind of my mid-cap guy. And the reason being is much of the reason when we talked two weeks ago that I liked Homa at the Fortinet is I just think he holds a ton of, of win experience and equity sort of in this range and that kind of upside. So you're, I'm willing to let the form sort of taper a little bit with guys that I know have these these pop wins in them. And we're talking about a guy that three years ago who won a U.S. Open. He's got multiple PGA Tour victories. Uh, the form, I think, is is less far off than, than one would imagine over late. I know that he's up there in top 10 in driving distance. He plays really well with the shorter wedge proximity. Lives down here in Florida, so obviously familiar now on these Bermuda grass surfaces. I think this could be a week where, where he comes into this field – you know, I, I think probably a year and a half ago, he's probably the favorite going into this event. Now he's sort of in that mid-range, a little bit forgotten about, and I think has a ton of upside to, to potentially uh, top 10 here. And that's really all you need at this mid-cap price point. Yeah, historically on average in 23 markets, Gary Woodland sells for about $4.36. This field a little bit weaker. Maybe he gets into that $5 range. We'll keep an eye on Gary Woodland all evening long. My mid-cap option, I'm going right back to him. It's Seamus Power. Uh, six of his last eight events on the PGA Tour have been top 20 finishes, highlighted by a victory. Struggled in his final, I shouldn't say struggled, didn't play as well in his final two events of last season, but now full card, intact, reset ready to rock and roll what we've seen out of power joe is that he's been a ball striker and if you continue to ball strike on the pga tour you're going to continue to put yourself in a ton of positions to succeed so i'm going with seamus power uh joe is going with gary woodland for our mid-cap option which leaves only those penny stocks this is where you get your pick of like 100 different guys joe take a crack at one <laughs> i'm gonna take a crack at this one davis riley uh, you mentioned some corn fairy guys coming up with a little bit of confidence. Uh, he's one of them. He's also a Mississippi native, so he kind of has that hometown narrative working for him a little bit this week. And I just think the price point leaves a ton of upside, right? Um, we talked about this last week when we did the NFL show that that these guys who are a dollar, you see for a dollar, they're essentially free, right? Because uh, positions 81 through 150 this week in this tournament are going to return you a dollar share. Uh, per share so if he's right around that low two dollar mark there's really nothing to lose you can lose a buck per share but the upside there if he does make this cut and potentially finishes in the top 40 is is five six seven x on the price you're going to pay during the ipo i'm going to take a shot on my corn fairy guy and it's going to be davis riley 
Yeah, that is uh, cut from the same cloth of guy I'm going with, kind of this up-and-coming Corn Fairy guy. I'm going with Joseph Bramlett, who won the Corn Fairy final. Uh, it would have been like three weeks ago and then made the cut at uh, the Fortinet. He is long and inaccurate off the tee, which is generally a pretty good combination at the Country Club of Jackson. He is going to need to find a putter. Uh, he cannot putt, but if he can just kind of – be sort of bad instead of really bad uh he might be in position to find success this week so just to recap our market movers i'm going with sung jm seamus power joseph bramlett joe is going with sam burns gary woodland davis riley and before i reveal this big board let me give away a little money so first 20 dollars goes to scott scott hightower congratulations we'll get you all set up with that in your jock market account over the course of the next couple of days if you too would like to win 20 dollars into the jock market it's very very simple put your jock market username in the chat right now that's how you get entered very easy to do it's time joe let's see the big board for this week sanderson farms championship and probably no surprise that Sam Burns is at the top of it. $7.77, which essentially is asking him to finish at this point 18th or better. 18th would be an $8 per share payout. What do you think this price for Sam Burns is going to look like when the clock strikes like 8.58 tonight? See, I'm interested in this because you look at some of the, the stats that you have in, in, in historical IPO price. And it's hard a lot of times to navigate this um, mentally, right? It's hard to see Sam Burns at 14 to 1 and think that there may be some value in that play. It's hard to see him at $8 per share and think that there may be some value in that play when you're so used to seeing it to four. But you really got to kind of obviously factor in strength of the field, factor in what you think that his, his percentages of top fiving, top tening, winning are in this event, 18th or better. I think that coming into this thing, the favorite. I laid out a number of reasons earlier why I'm bullish on Sam Burns this week. I think that it's still a favorable price point for him all the way up to probably 10 bucks. The most expensive that Sam Burns has ever been, $7.80 at the Byron Nelson, finished second that week and got the $20 per share payout. It was $12.20 of profit per every Sam Burns share you had at the Byron Nelson. Right behind, they're stacking up. Will Zalatoris is the only golfer at $6. And what is notable is that pre-rank, Joe, because what that means is if there is a tie, and in golf there are lots of ties, Will Zalatoris will break the tie with every single other golfer in the field. Yeah, notable. Could be the difference between $15, $16, $18 in a payout this week. I think that he's going to play really well. I worry that uh, what we've seen, and you mentioned it kind of when you talked about your, your penny stock guy, is you want to find that sort of spike putting week. And we've seen that happen here. We've seen it all the way from guys like, Ryan Armour and Cody Gribble and Nick Taylor to we've seen it with some of the longer hitters like Sergio last year hooping 25 footers with his eyes closed. So <laughs> we've seen that happen here in, in Jackson. We'll see if Zalatoris like that's the main point of concern for me is does he make enough putts? I think that he's probably better suited on a more difficult, a WGC, a major type venue where the scoring is is mitigated to that 8 to 12 under range. But at the same token, uh, talent level, he was he was the guy last year. He's he's back. Um, I think that he holds a, a certainly a, a ton of upside potential here this week. 
Sung JM, $5.55. He was my market mover. Cam Davis at $5.01 already. Obviously, everyone realizes uh, you can bomb it without regard for accuracy around Country Club of Jackson. So that certainly benefits Cam Davis. But the two guys at $5, Joe. I imagine they're not going to end this evening at $5. Uh, Mito Pereira has been, you know, a DFS sweetheart since he came up last uh, in the summertime. And then Sergio Garcia, our defending champion, fresh off a Ryder Cup in which he played great. The other thing about these two, Sergio Garcia, the fourth pre-ranked golfer, which means he breaks ties with everybody but three. Mito Pereira, on the other hand, 45th so unlikely that he would break a tie uh with really any other any of the other top players in the field sergio garcia what are we he doing? was awesome last week right yeah. he was incredible the hands were there the iron play was there the the off the tee game was there and he made some big putts I, I have concerns coming into this week after we talked about the adrenaline shot that was the Ryder Cup, how invested these players are, how emotionally invested these players are in this thing, which we saw in a number of guys. Um, that was everything to him. He won the won the, uh, the award for the top European player. Um, I have concerns about him coming back here to Mississippi, being really the only person from the Ryder Cup to enter this field. Is he ready to go? Is he all in? Is he prepared? Um, what, where do you kind of sit on that? <laughs> I was hoping you weren't going to ask me that. Um, I don't. Th- I, I'm not going to play him this week. But that may be the that. That's just me. I generally think in whatever format that you're in, uh, I actually think Jock Mark's a little bit harder because if you look at your favorite daily fantasy format, there are just other guys that I like either just as much or more than Sergio and I don't have to take on the risk. Jock Mark's a little bit different because everyone could in theory have a different price and he could come in significantly cheaper than Sam Burns and Sung JM or whatever like that. So it's actually going to be a more difficult decision here. I'm probably more optimistic than you are. Um, I'm not sprinting to to my phone to buy shares of Sergio Garcia, but if they fell into my lap, I think I'd be okay with it. Obviously, uh, what we saw at the Ryder Cup, he played a lot, but he played great. And now he goes to a place where he obviously has good vibes as the defending champion, ball striking, especially at the level that he does it at and compared to the rest of this field generally a big advantage anywhere on tour i'm i'm a little bit more optimistic than you are it feels okay but i'm scared (laughs) the thing with mito for me is i i just in general i'm usually on these rookie guys would rather be late than be too early because i feel like too often they come up as the flavor of the month and everyone sort of Bets on them. And what we've seen many times, particularly in jock market, is it's a lot about public sentiment and popularity. So he has a lot of name recognition. Like, is he is he that was over the course of the corner fairy season, you look at everything. He was great, right? But was he that much better than Steven Yeager? Like, and Steven Yeager's probably gonna be a fifth of the price of Pereira this week. So, like, I think that he was maybe the number one guy, but the number two, three, four, or five guys on the Corn Ferry Tour, I think, are probably closer to his level, and I think that he's probably tempered down a little bit. I've been wrong in this occasion before, notably, like, guys like Morikawa and Wolf 
but there's been plenty that I've been right to be very slow on coming out of the gates. So um, it can go both ways. I think just for me, um, because I don't necessarily study the Corn Ferry Tour enough, I want to see him have a multitude of PGA Tour starts before I'm willing to, to sort of pay the price point that I see around him with guys that are more proven, like Garcia and Connors and M. Um, I'd rather put my money in a little safer bet there. We are about uh, 23 minutes or so away from this IPO phase closing. So make sure you get your bids in. I'll continue to refresh the big board. And also, I'm about to give away another $20 to the jock market. So make sure that your username is in the chat right now. And go ahead and hit the like button while you are there. Uh, The next tier of golfers, Joe, this is where things start to get very interesting. This $4 range. Kevin Streelman's here. Uh, my mid cap option, Seamus Power is here. Also, my penny stock is here, which is probably not a good a good thing for <laughs> me. Is also in this four dollar range. Um, and then someone like Harold Varner the third, who I think uh, everyone would agree has played much better uh, recently in the last month or six weeks or so. How are you assessing this four dollar range? That essentially, if they sell for four dollars or they sell for five dollars, even have to finish about thirty third or better, Joe. Yeah, I think this is as we start to get, particularly in a field like this, I'm probably going to attack sort of this range and down more than I will on the top guys. There's just a lot more upside, you know, in that potential $25 payout at four bucks, you can go six X on your money there. Even if Sam Burns wins, you're only getting three, you know what I mean? So it's all kind of a numbers game that you have to play with the amount of risk that you want to take on. I think Varner has been playing extremely well lately. I think Aaron Wise had a good run of form through the late summer there. I believe he didn't miss a cut since since April. Uh, so he's playing relatively well. Streelman is always great in these sort of formats. Corey Connors is down there uh, right under three yeah, bucks. And I think that he'll probably end up near the top with, with his ball striking prowess and a little bit of solid course history here as well. Uh, I think that this is sort of where, um, at this point in time, I'm looking to sort of make my favorites. Corey Connors almost just just continues to be the the forgotten man here, Joe. I'm you know I've got his I've got his data up here. Twenty six cash markets, average ROI thirty one percent. That's probably one of the higher rates for golfers yes. who have played as many cash markets as he has because he's a top twenty machine. He's just an absolute top twenty machine. He never seems to burn you. Why is Corey Connors not nearly as popular as he as he should be in my opinion? Um. It's tough to say. He's not real flashy. He doesn't talk much. He doesn't get the interviews much. He's rarely. Have you, yeah. Have you heard a, a Corey Connors interview? Like, yeah, he doesn't ever? get in the media room often. <laughs> he's rarely on PGA Tour Live, but you see that he's consistently outperforming his expectation, which he's done for a long time. He also doesn't have the win. So, you know, you've got the other guys around him like Burns and M and the guys who have that sort of career, career high in the win. Um, but he's like doing this in, in those 26 markets. It's not like he spent uh, a, a couple of them beating up on the Greenbrier and the Bermuda and the Corrales. Like he's playing all the big events. He's in, you know, he's in major championships. He's doing this on a full schedule. He's doing this at the players, like seventh place there, third at the API, uh, eighth at the Northern Trust in the FedEx Cup playoffs. Like he's putting together in the strongest field good quality scores, good quality events, uh, stringing them together in bunches. I think it's only a matter of time for him uh, with his upside level. And you mentioned, we talked about it earlier, like 
you're looking for a guy to have a spike putting week one time. This is a good place for that. He is best on Bermuda if he were if there was a best for Corey Connors. I think it could be a good spot for him, especially at that price now, right? Oh, big jump there. Well, big as we were talking, he basically gained three dollars a share, six dollars and thirty cents. It is also worth noting the only man in this field he is going to lose in a tie to is Will Zalatoris. Everyone else uh will lose mm-hmm. to Corey Connors when it comes to ties. Let me give away a little bit of money. This next twenty dollars to the jock market is going to go to when I can find the comment. Capomaran at Dominus. Congratulations. We'll get you set up with $20 in your Jock Market account. And of course, if you haven't dropped your Jock Market username in the chat yet, uh, you're not eligible to win. So go ahead and take the two seconds to do that because I've got 60 more dollars to give away. Uh, I have two two guys that I seem to always get wrong, Joe. One is Siwoo Kim. He's $5.55. The other is Cameron Tringale at the moment, $4.50, and he is the third pre-ranked golfer. So only Zalatoris and Connors are going to break a tie with old Cam Tringale. How do we think these two are going to fare this week in Jackson? I think this is like a perfect case on risk tolerance. Um, And the reason that I say that is, Siwoo. All right. So for me, I would much rather play Tringale in a spot like Jock Market. I think that his his floor is much lower. He's much more consistent. I think he's much more likely if they were to play this thing out a hundred times, he'll have much more top 25s. Siwoo is like the ultimate dead last, miss the cut terribly by seven strokes and then win. You know what I mean? So for me, like if I'm going to, if I like Siwoo in a week, I'm going to bet. I'm going to bet the outright number for jock market and things like that, where it's outperformed the expectation level. You see there, uh, Tringale's last run of finishes, really nothing worse than what there's a 52nd in there, but a ton of like top 25s in his last five or six events uh, where he's returning money at a decent IPO price. I think that he's sort of the safer bet for me and see the just the volatility of, of first or last uh, gets me when I'm trying to build a build up a bankroll. Yeah, Tringale has, well, he was a zero, dead even at Fortinet, but in his five starts before that, four of them, he returned your profit. One of them, he lost. Siwoo Kim, on the other hand, uh, yeah, I mean, it's like one, uh, 119% <laughs> minus 70, 196, minus 75, minus 84, minus 82, plus 158, minus 80. It's just, this is very much, Joe, as you were mentioning, this is a risk tolerance situation. Like, what are you willing to take on? Do you think about, do you ever, when you're building your out your portfolios, and I know it all happens so quickly, especially at the end, like if you have six or seven golfers, is would you try to get two that are really risky, two that are uh, high floor? Like, are you considering that in the moment as things are happening so quickly? I think that the lower the price, and this kind of works inversely, but the lower the price, the more risk that I'm willing to take on. Like if Siwoo Kim is entering maybe an event with a couple of more stars and he's around $3 a share or $3.50 a share, I'll be willing to sort of eat some more of that volatility and take the upside there um, versus today. What is he right now? He was around the $5 mark, which which I think if he's 555 now that I see, I don't know if that's updated quite, but he probably finishes in the $6 range, 
which is too much for me. I'd rather take the upside of one of those guys in a two-hour range. So to answer your question, somewhat depends on the price, but you also kind of hit the nail on the head where you're making rapid, lightning-fast decisions here in the last five minutes. That Sometimes it's just I see a little value on this guy, and I'm going to grab him. We are about 15 minutes out from this IPO closing, so get your bids in. Get your jock market username in the chat. That'll get you answered in to win $20. If you haven't deposited yet and you would like to, the code POWER is the best possible code that is in existence. That's up to a $50 deposit bonus. Let's scroll a little bit further down because there are some intriguing names down here. We mentioned Gary Woodland in the market mover section. I mentioned Joseph Bramlett. At last refresh, Matthew Wolf. Was $4.25. It's been five weeks since we've seen him at the Northern Trust. I I just continue to be confused. Not confused. I just don't know what to do. I don't know how to... I, I, I want to invest in Matthew Wolf in some way. I think maybe the outright market is the most logical, but we say it every single week. There's a price for everybody, Joe. And what's that price look like for Matthew Wolf here in the jock market? Right now, it's a good one for me. He's one of the guys that I have favorited. Um, I think that his win potential is there. Like I mentioned this with Woodland, uh, one of the most decorated winners in NCAA history, already has a PGA Tour win under his belt, has shown the ability to compete in U.S. Open-type fields, like back-to-back U.S. Opens. He's been around the finish line on Sundays. Um, So great upside with Wolf. uh, Battled through some depression and demons last year, which I hate to see. I hope that kind of seeing some of his, his comrades and Scheffler and Morikawa maybe added a little bit of fuel to the fire this week with Wolf. I think that he's got all the ability in the world. It's just whether or not he's mentally ready to sort of take that on and start off this fall season really well. I think it's a great course setup for him, Uh, a place where you can get a hot putter, a place where he can be a little loose with the driver and kind of get it down there and just hit, approach shots from 110 yards out of the rough. I like him this week. I'm more bullish than normal on Wolf this week. But like you said, he's definitely a a risky play when there's some safer, probably options around him. Yeah, certainly the, the sub $4 range. And actually, I'm actually a little surprised to see Keegan at $4. I think that will come up. He's, he's a fairly popular player this week. Seventh in the pre-ranks, uh, the sub $4 range. This is basically these you're asking these guys if they go at a price like this to finish like 40th or better. And there's a couple of interesting names down here. Sebastian Munoz has won this event in the past. I've seen some steam for Patrick Rogers and even Denny McCarthy at times. Are there any name or names out of this tier that you think are worth favoriting so that you can bid on them in the next 13 minutes? Yeah, I think you mentioned Rogers is one of them. Uh, I think your guy, David Lipsky, who you mentioned a couple of weeks ago, this could be a good week for Johnny Augenstein has put together a couple decent starts. Guys who, who hit it far, I think, have a big advantage here. And sometimes it's underplayed. But uh, even a guy, we talked about this sort of in the offseason, who returned a bunch of money and like Brandon Hagee. Um, guys like that in the, in the $2 range, I think, could potentially make a cut here because they have that massive uh, asset off the tee that can always serve them well. Um yeah, there's a lot of guys. Davis Riley there. My guy is still in the $2 range. Matt Wallace, I think, is shows a ton of upside at the $2.50 range. He's also top 10 in, in pre-rank, so keep that in mind when you're sort of looking at yeah. Wallace. Uh, a lot of guys in this range, this is probably where I'm going to try to take the, the bulk of my stake this week, looking at the way things shaking out right now. 
Yeah, when you just sort by pre-ranks, Matt Wallace, ninth, he's $2.50. Zach Johnson's 12th, he's two seventy-five. Brendan Todd, 13th. 250 Sebastian Munoz 14th he's $3.50 so there are some uh values seemingly here at the moment you know there's someone um Taylor Pendrith is a guy that I'm very interested in finding out what he is he's only got a handful of events on the PGA Tour and he's kind of always been uh well respected and highly touted throughout his throughout his young career and we're finally going to get to find out what Taylor Pendrith is. He's $4.44 and he's pre-ranked 20th, which is probably a little bit more expensive than I would have expected uh, for him to be at the moment, but we'll see how that shakes out. Uh, as I look back at the top of the board, and I'll give this a refresh, Joe, um, what types of golfers or who specifically do you think, you know, outside of Sam Burns, who I both, I'm sure we both agree is probably going to be the most expensive golfer this evening. Who else is going to finish in that top three or four uh, when this is all said and done here in 10 minutes or so? Yeah, you mentioned one earlier. I think Keegan's going to make a little run up there. I've seen him be, be very popular this week. Um, obviously, if you're running sort of any sort of stat models based on recent form and approach play and off the tee, he's going to be at or near the very top there. Um, Sung JM, you made some great points on him. I'm kind of interested to see where this thing shakes out on Garcia because um, as a guy who played so well last week, coming in as a defending champion, it's really just a matter of whether you think that he – he wants to show up this week. And, and that's always a dangerous sort of scenario to kind of play out in your head. Um, and there's always a price for, for all the risk there. So um, we're seeing that kind of look, look that way. It looks like Connors is making a little charge up the board late uh, up towards Zalatoris money. So those are definitely, I think the top three Connors, Zalatoris and Burns for me. I, I probably agree with you. Also, we haven't spent an, an ounce of oxygen on Charlie Hoffman. He's the fifth most expensive golfer in the jock market at the moment. He's $6.20. If you're a buyer of Charlie Hoffman at $6.20, you're asking him to finish about 26th or better, uh, top 25, probably top 20 by the time his price actually settles in here. And then this, a, a lot of the names that have picked up steam in the last couple of minutes, Joe, are almost like these at one time fantasy darlings, whether that's like HB three or Luke list or like, you know what I mean? Like it, it's Aaron wise made a bit of a move. Like, is there, is there a general lack of people like knowing what to do this week? Does, does this yes. feel wide? Is this just wide open to you? It is, man. It's kind of like we talked about the Fortinet where, where you put a, a pitching wedge in these guys hands on the majority of holes and it, opens up the field completely um you put these guys in a competition for who can hit the best four and five iron it becomes a lot more smaller in terms of of who can actually get it close to the pin with a four iron you know these guys with wedges the difference is so minimal that it just oftentimes becomes a, a bit of a putting contest and who has a hot week that week we saw it last year with sergio we saw it with cam champ I'm looking at driving distance just because I think that that's your easiest path to success here. It's certainly not the only one, but I think that that's the the shortest cut in terms of reaching the finish line. So we'll kind of see how things open up. But I think, yeah, this is a great week to kind of go down and pound those lower price guys and just hope that you can find a diamond in the rough and hope you can get a number of them to sort of make the cut and return your profit. We are about seven or eight minutes away from this IPO phase closing. I'll give away $20 now. 20 more after IPO and 20 more when we sign off. This one goes to Brandon Allen. Brandon, congratulations. We'll get you set up with $20 in your jock market account. And if you have not 
uh, all, uh, entered your jock market username into the chat, now would be a good time to do so because I've got 40 more dollars coming out here shortly. Uh, I'm going to give the big board a refresh here, Joe. But what we have historically seen in the last couple of weeks, well, let me go back a little bit further. Historically, that five dollar range has been a, a range to print money in. We are, are, are you starting to see other people figure this out? Is there uh, a kind of a trend to keep the most expensive players a little bit cheaper. Everybody kind of piles into this $5 range and we try to find some value there. I feel like that's the trend. And a couple of guys um, that I've been speaking to that have had a ton of success in jock market are always looking at, so you're capped on how much you can win at 25. So your numbers, you kind of all have to work backwards from that. Um, at your 20 and $25 price points for first and second. So there's certainly, you get to a point and you see this a lot of times with football where there's a guy that becomes $10, $12 a share. And you're like, at if things work out absolutely the best possible way they can, I can double my money on this guy. I can go down to a guy at $5 a share who I still think holds a little bit of win equity, who I still like in this field. And if things work out absolutely perfectly and this is his week, I can go 5x my money. So it's all kind of a numbers game. And I'm trying to to take a little more of the, the biases and guys who I like out of it and incorporate this as a little bit more of a number strategy this year. It's constantly evolving sort of with me. I'm still taking notes and trying to to glean things here and there from people that I see that are successful. I mean, there's people in these markets right now that are making one, two, three, four thousand dollars per event, like across the board. So they have these sophisticated strategies, and I'm just trying to trying to to learn more and more and, and optimize my situation. As we come down to the finish line here, probably five or six minutes out, we're going to let Joe get out of here in just a minute or so. Sam Burns does indeed still hold the top spot, $7.77. If you're a buyer at that price, you are asking him to finish 18th or better. And the other golfers over $7, Will Zalatoris and Corey Connors. Uh, are, is there any golfer up here, Joe, top five, top 10, that you're not interested in, that you're worried about, that you are not going to end up with shares in this evening? There's, I mean, I'm not, I can tell you right now, I'm not going to end up with shares of Siwoo and Mito. Just, I'm just, I'm, I'm willing to go to the other guys here. He's at six bucks. Uh, I'm willing to go to the other Corn Ferry guys at half the price. Um, Siwoo, I mentioned it earlier. I just feel like he, it's boom or bust. I feel like he has his spots that he routinely plays well, and you can kind of pencil him in. Um, there are better setups for him. The Wyndham, Pete Dye type courses. Um, you know, the one at the American Express out there, like those are his sort of niche spots where we can see the massive boom. And I just worry about a, a miscut sort of incoming this week. Fair enough. By my clock, it is 8.53 on the East Coast, which means this IPO is ending in the next three, four, or five minutes. So this is where we send Joe off to do his work, and then he tells us uh, who he ends up with in his portfolio. And sometimes we uh, we can figure out who he's bidding on, and we can try to drive up the bids on him depending on how that goes. I'm 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 <laughs> Good luck. All right, here All right. we go. This is this is the final stretch. This IPO phase is going to close here in about three minutes or so. If you're first time joining us, 
your notifications are about to go crazy because you're going to be outbid and you're going to have to get your feet back in there. Uh, but Sam Burns is still sitting at $7.77 with that pre-rank of number eight. The number one pre-rank right behind $7.50 for Will Zalatoris. That means you are asking Will uh, to essentially finish 19th or better 20th place at $7.50 would be his break even point. And don't worry about any ties with Sal Torres because he is going to break all of them. If nine guys tied for second place gets, guess who gets the full share out? It's that guy right there. It's Will Zalatoris. Corey Connors, since we chatted about him, has continued to fly up the leaderboard, fly up the market. He is $7.25, and only Will Zalatoris breaks ties over Corey Connors. Then they're lining up with some of the usual names. Guys that are pre-ranked 3, 4, 5, and 6 are in the 4, 5, 6, and 7 spots. It's Sung JM. It's Charlie Hoffman. It's Sergio Garcia and Cam Davis. And then that's where there starts to be a little bit of divergence. Cameron Davis is 27 in the pre-rank he's six dollars and one cent this should in theory be a course that sets up well for cam davis much like tpc's twin cities did or much excuse me i'm thinking of uh Detroit Golf Club is the course that I'm thinking of and at six dollars and seventeen cents you are six dollars you're asking Cameron Davis to finish about 27th or better. Uh, Mito Pereira has certainly been the flavor of the month early here in the season. He has already piled up a handful of top eight finishes in his career. He's already got a head start on all those other Corn Ferry Tour guys in terms of getting uh, comfortable. And he will be a factor this week in the jock market coming down the stretch. 8.57. No, 8.56 by my clock on the East Coast. So we are probably one to three minutes away from this IPO phase closing. We have a new, new highest price golfer, and his name is Corey Connors. Ever since we said he doesn't get the respect, ever since we said, why does he always go so low? Well, the jock market fixed itself. $7.88 for Corey Connors. Sam Burns still at $7.77, which is a price we've seen on him for quite some time. Looking a little bit further down the board, we are seeing steam from Keegan Bradley. He has now surpassed uh, both Siwoo Kim, Harold Varner III. He is $5.75. If you made me guess on the golfer that's going to make the biggest move in the next 90 seconds, I think it's probably Keegan Bradley because I know how high everyone is on him. I know the sentiment is very, very strong. $5.75 at the moment. Matt Wallace did make a big, big move. He's now $5.44. He is the ninth pre-ranked golfer, which means only eight other golfers are going to break a tie on Wallace. A little bit further, down in the sub-$5 range, I see a couple of interesting options, including my penny stock pick. is no longer a penny stock. $4.48 for Joseph Bramlett. He's your 49th pre-ranked golfer. I see uh, Doc Redman and Scott Pierce. Actually, Scott Pierce has actually played uh, fairly well as of late. He's $3.91. I'm going to go for one more refresh here because we are now in that time period that this IPO phase can close at any minute, any second. Uh, it is in that 90-second window, so I'm going for one last refresh and see if I can find a golfer over $8, and I can. His name is Will Zalatoris. So Zalatoris leapfrogs both Sam Burns and Corey Connors to be $8.02, your current most expensive golfer. Sung J.M. trying to catch up to the $7 range. He's $6.88 with Sergio Garcia, Charlie Hoffman, and Cameron Trigali right behind. Keegan Bradley did make a little bit of a move since last refresh. A little over a quarter added to his price. He's now $6.04. And then Harold Varner the third. I think he added a dime, and I think we're close. Shut her down. Shut it down. IPO is closed. IPO is closed. Let the dust settle. 
How'd it go, Joe? It was good. It was good. I got a lot of guys, I think. We'll see if they pop over to my loading tab. But um, as always, right, it's about rapid moves in those last couple seconds. Sometimes your strategy changes. Sometimes you can stick to the plan. Uh, but but interesting that the Zalatoris at eight dollars and two cents. I didn't go to the top, but I feel like that's one of the lower top priced. I'm trying to see if I'm saying this right. The lower price for the the top guy on the board that we've seen in only eight dollars and two cents for for basically the number one guy. Only one guy clearing eight dollars, which was a little bit of a surprise to me. Uh, but I think that speaks to, to how open I think the the general sentiment on this type of event is with the field being the way it is. Yeah, guy says, "Wow, I love the prices this week. There were several. There are several ways to make some big bucks. Uh, I agree. So I'm just kind of trying to click through some of these events to see uh, your point, Joe. Like, what's the the cheapest top guy has ever been? And as I continue to click, I can't." find another one that would have been this cheap so i'll dive into the research here in just a little bit but uh here's what we're gonna do i'm gonna ask joe for his portfolio i'm gonna give away twenty dollars and i'll give away 20 more make sure your username is in the chat right now that will get you entered this is the last call for that i'll give away the last 40 bucks here quickly but joe he was working hard he was getting his bids in hopefully somebody was was stealing from him who did you end up with sir my top guy was my mid-calf guy, Gary Woodland, uh, 5.25 a share, picked up a little bit of Woodland. My other guys kind of in this mid-range was a little bit of a mixed bag. So um, Emiliano Grillo, I actually really like this week quite a bit. I think that he tends to play better in these lesser field events. I think that he tends to play better on opera courses where you go out there and you need a lot of birdies to win. He ranks great in the stats. He doesn't win a whole lot, but sometimes you don't need that at $4.88 a share to return your profit here. Um, just below him, Keith Mitchell, a guy that we didn't talk about, but ended the season with a couple of nice playoff performances. Uh, I know notably one at the Northern Trust there that got himself into the following week. Always puts his best on Bermuda grass. Mitchell was like $4.50. Moving my way down and some of the cheaper guys that I got. I have four of them here kind of all in a similar range. Roger Sloan was the highest priced one that I have. Um, played well at the Wyndham. I think has some upside there. Three bucks a share. I'm only at risk to lose two bucks. Ryan Moore, which was kind of shocking to me at $2.58 a share, hmm. just lost, like lost his tour card. So I think that there's a lot of motivation for him to sort of get that back. He his path is similar to Ryan Armour's path, right? It's to get to your pitching wedges and stick a ton and make some putts. We'll see if he can do that this week. And my last two sort of flyers in the $2 range, Hagee, who we spoke about, Bomber, playing good, decent form, and then Davis Riley. I, if I'm gonna if I'm gonna make him my penny stock and he's still down there at $2.70, I'm gonna grab a couple of shares. So those are my guys this week. Uh, always like to see who you guys have as well. Feel free to drop them in the chat. I love seeing that stuff. Uh, and best of luck. Gary Woodland, Emiliano Grillo, Keith Mitchell, Roger Sloan, Ryan Moore, Brandon Hagee, and Davis Riley. And Joe, you are not alone on Davis Riley because Scott says he is all in with Davis Riley. Uh, that is 100 shares, says wow. Scott. <laughs> Good luck, Scott. There's a lot of shares out there, Riley, apparently. So, so we gave Scott 20 bucks. So that means 
Rick and oh, I does, are get a share of the profits, two dollars and fifty cents. That means we've got like eight shares, right, Scott? Yes. You're cool with that. We're in, we're we're in. We've got equity in this Davis Riley yeah. buy. Looking forward to our winnings. Uh, Jay has fifty shares of Sung Kang. Uh, you can keep those, Jay. I don't want those. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's very good. All right, here. Let me go. Let me give away uh, 20, 20 real quick, and I'll give away twenty more. This one goes to Mega Hat. Congratulations. We will get you set up with your 20. Give us a day or two or three. And then also uh, one last $20 opportunity coming in just a few moments as we wrap up this show. So make sure that your jock market username is in the chat. If you have not used the code power, go ahead and do that. If you have not tried shorting golfers, Joe, have you been getting your shorting, your shorts in recently? I have been doing it. I'm still trying to sort of figure out the best way to do that. I've been experimenting a little bit with the NFL. I, I shorted successfully Dak Prescott the other night. Really, it's when these guys get up, you know, because these NFL single slate ones, when they, they get up to $14, $15 a share, they basically got to finish top two. Um, so usually you can get one of the quarterbacks at that price that you can short. I haven't done as much in golf just because we haven't had a whole lot of jock market uh, markets since they sort of rolled this out, but it's a ton of fun. It gives you a whole new way to sort of play this thing out. And if you can sort of stay up to date on some of the stats and, and the different uh, in-tournament statistics that you can rely on on sites like yours, there's definitely some opportunity to short some guys if you see a volatile sort of leaderboard, like I think that we are going to see a little bit of this week. Yeah, Donnie Baseball says, is shorting live for everyone? And I believe the answer is yes. You have to turn it on, though. So you have to go to your settings, Joe, right? And actually correct today so i i want a short or something <laughs> there's like a little person icon that will bring you to your account you go to uh user account settings you will see a little toggle basically there that says enable shorting you click that you agree to the terms boom you're good to go boom you can start shorting right away okay let me pull up the big board one last time before we get out of here and see if there's any real big surprises uh i guess maybe the surprise not not in the final price necessarily but Sam Birds did that thing where he was $7.77 for like the entire hour. <laughs> we always see guys do this thing, right? Uh, I think that it's just they pop early, and I think a lot of people just mentally kind of uh, draw a line through that name and are like, the, you know, I'm not going to pay top price money for Sam Burns. And, and when it just kind of hangs out there for the next 20, 30 minutes, uh, in the end, $7.77 ain't a bad price. We probably thought that that was going to clear 8 9 maybe even get to $10. So um, it's kind of always an interesting sort of situation we see with a guy who spikes early. After the top five, Zal Torres, Connors, Burns, M. Garcia, the next 20 guys, you could have told me, came in in any order and I would have said, yeah, that looks about right. You know what I mean? Like I just, <laughs> I, know. Uh, I, I, I don't know. And, and the way that they kind of stacked up between $5 and six I'm not sure that the market knew what to do with everybody here. It's just like these guys to me are fairly interchangeable. Yeah. Wow. A lot of money came in. Looks like on Matt Wallace late. Cause he was right there at two fifty, pretty late, but yeah, yes. came in. Yeah. Um, totally. All seem very interchangeable. All seem like they hold a similar amount of of top ten and win equity, especially in an event like this. And it's just about uh, you know catching the right ones at the right time. These are the weeks. So um, we get—I I don't know how many events there are here in the fall portion—ten, nine, or ten, or something like that. And we don't have any more breaks until this this 
thing is over in like Thanksgiving ish. And then we'll get that five week break. And I think this is, this is like a little mini season, Joe, because what you're going to see is you're going to see some of these corn fairy tour guys, um, get more comfortable and you're going to see a lot of guys play a lot of events in the fall, like who want to get off to a good start. It's not like you're going to see Rory play and then take like six weeks off. Like, so, so what you, I feel like we're going to be able to learn starting now so much about this group of players that we're going to see for the most part, the next eight weeks. Yes. And ones that play consistently, I think that, so there's something to be said, I think about this sort of secondary, if you will, tier of, of PGA tour player. And that look, the top 10, the top 20, the top 30 guys, they're really good. And they're always going to play good and they don't have to carry the best form to come in and win a tournament. But these guys sort of, you know, all of these guys in this range, Mitchells and Reeves and Rogers, they seem to go through ups and downs and ebbs and flows in terms of their form and how they're playing. So they'll catch a hot run of four to six weeks, and then they can tail off for the next six months. But it's really about capitalizing on that run. And if you see someone playing really well consistently during this fall swing, I think that it's a good time to sort of ride that out and see if they can finally capitalize and, and finish in a top five and, and get you some money. Yeah, we saw a guy like we saw freaking Brendan Todd nearly win three events in a row. He went back to back and nearly won <laughs> the next is. week. Like, like it happens. These guys get out in the fall. Like it happens. It's all right. good. So uh should be exciting stuff. And then obviously with the influx of NFL markets, and before we know it, the NBA will be back and the NHL will be back. It is probably a very good time to be on jock market show. This thing has has taken off, and I think that we're only in the beginning. Like, I still feel like we're in an infancy phase where this thing is just accumulating growth and users right now. And I think that those who have a good understanding, and like I said, I'm still trying to figure out the best strategy, but the more reps you have under your belt, the more likely you are to succeed. And I think those of us who have been in early, who have had discussions about it, who have played with different strategies and tried shorting, and tried playing in tournament, it's all going to help us sort of moving forward. And I just, I, I, I'm still so bullish on the idea of this and how that they have really taken a concept that makes so much sense to everyone who bets sports or is into stocks to sort of marry the two ideas together. And they've really found a way to kind of optimize that. And it's only getting better. Like the advancements that they're making in the app are exciting. It's exciting to see the following come along. Uh, and I'm just, I'm just pumped for the next year, man. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be awesome. Uh, Paul, congratulations! You get our final twenty dollars for this evening. I will email out all of those usernames to the Jock Market team, so you don't have to email me and say, "Hey, Rick, it's been three minutes, haven't seen the twenty dollars yet." Uh, I don't control it, and I assume they'll see it tomorrow and <laughs> when they get into the office. So it's coming. They're good for it. I promise. Uh, Joe, we are back at it again, same time, same place next week, which starts. The Vegas swing back to back week Shriners CJ Cup two weeks in Vegas. Let's go. Yeah, you're ready, buddy. Look, <laughs> our, our guy here, our, our host that we all love so much is credentialed. So we'll be excited to see him on grounds in the ropes back to back. What two back to back weeks? What 10 minutes apart for you? So, yeah. uh, yeah, the Vegas swing begins. I'm sure you're fired up. We, we how, how are the fields looking? Do we have names announced yet or? 
not officially, but there's the Shriners will get some good commitments. You know, they've gotten Cantley and Bryson in the past and yeah. Brooks and Phil yeah. has played. I don't know if they'll all come back, but they'll get some decent commitments. And I'm, I think Hovland's going to be in the field because, and now what they can do is because it's back-to-back weeks, it like just make the trip and play both of them. So if you're in the CJ cup field and you want to try to go win yourself a Shriners, go ahead, go ahead over there and win it. Exactly. Get you a nice suite at the win for uh, eight to 10 days and have you, you have you a trip, right? Make it, there make, you go. It'll be fun. I, I can't wait. Um, okay. Follow Joe on Twitter at tour picks. You can follow me at Rick run. Good. This has been your jock market power hour for this week. Sanderson farms championship, same time, same place next week. We'll talk to you then. Good luck.